0: <laughs> I'm chill, chill out, Friday. Chill, chill out, Friday. Yo. You're getting too hyped up in here, <laughs> It's the right? Friday vibe, man. It's the
1: Friday vibe. This is how we feeling up in this here. This is how we're feeling. I, I, I feel that. I feel that. We, I, ca- I catch the vibe. Y- so. You know why we're feeling that? Why are we feeling that? Because we're back.
0: Hold up. Pull up. That's my life. Yo. Catching me out of sauce one time, like 13 episodes later, and you still got to have all the sauce i want the sauce it's always about matt it's always about matt <laughs> i'm not denying it all right man
1: that being said we're back Good. episode number thing. 13 <laughs> of after Hours show is 102.7 east fm hosted by yours truly 3d sound that's right this is matt and it's your
0: boy prodigy what is going on wait hold up yo. i swear there's normally a third guy here usually yes wait hold up is this the phone ringing hold on yo, yo let's check see what that. this is
1: yo yo what's going on boys
0: Yo, what's good, bro? Yeah, where you at, bro? Yo, it feels so weird not being part of the After Hours pre show tonight. Hmm. Of course, we have some important matters to deal with, so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be out of town for two weeks, but I know you guys can hold it down, so <laughs> I have nothing to worry about.
1: Yo, man, it's a two weeks. Ended our vacation, ended. This guy's on vacation, man. We just... Yeah, man.
0: You guys hold it down. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back, and I'll join you guys in two it. weeks. I
1: just have uh, one rule for you boys before what's, you start the what's show that? tonight. What's I'm that? usually the one who controls the board, so. Okay. Are they good? Don't fish
2: up. Man's really feeling
1: himself. Okay? This, eh? this guy really this guy really gave us a warning. Yo. Fam. You know what? Okay. That means we have the studio to ourselves though. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> here we go. Hey, hey, hey! Yo, throw the mic over here. <laughs> throw the mic over here. Toss <laughs> that! Oh! Yo! <laughs> Yo, there's a hole in the wall, bro. Yo, show cancel! Show canceled! Yo, cut the music! We're gonna go party. Okay, you know what? Let's. (laughs) Yo, you can't throw for. You just can't throw. That mic just went into the wall. Now there's a hole in the wall that looks like a mic. That being said, we should be a little bit responsible. Let's bring it back. Please flip that table back onto its right side and let's get this going. What's going on, everybody? Let's get back to business. We actually have a great show for you guys tonight. We have two very special guests, two teachers. One, Mr. Donovan Fernandez, who's actually a TDSB teacher. And uh, we have Usha Shanmugadasan, who's actually a former TDSB teacher, but she's now in the private sector. We're actually going to be touching, based on a few different topics today. As you know, the current pandemic going on, and the current climate in the school system. And we're also going to touch, based on a couple other topics as well too. Usha, Donovan, it's an honor to have you guys here. How's it going?
3: I'm just really excited to be here with both of you. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. We're excited to have you here, too. That's right. Donnie, can you Honestly, hear us? Thanks a lot for I- Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm really excited. It's past
4: every teacher's curfew. <laughs> and <laughs> we are up late with you guys. There you go. <laughs> some
0: education.
2: The, the yes. truth
0: is that, you know, we wanted to wait until the after hours, right, on the after hours show to hear the real truth. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> people get, you guys get, you get home from school, you want to kick up your feet, finish marking papers and assignments, and then. Now you can tell us the, the real stuff. You you know? can throw That's what we're trying to get You to. can throw the teacher teacher mask away and uh, become, you know, the real you
3: guys. <laughs> I have to drink coffee for tonight, you know?
1: Oh, oh wow. I hope we don't
3: throw Oh, things. wow. That's, you ain't going to fall asleep
1: tomorrow.
3: <laughs> no. This, I mean, this is how dedicated I was to this
1: that's crazy I, i'm actually scared for you for tomorrow morning <laughs> uh, you sound like you know what you're doing so you know i hope i hope you don't uh, bring a tired day tomorrow that's right that, yeah that, it'll be okay but that being said guys it, it's obviously been a very interesting time right tumultuous in the sense of uh, especially being a teacher in the school system and i mean I, I know last year for for example there was already a strike going on for, for most schools and then i think when kids came back we got into this whole pandemic right and school shut down Am I, uh, correct me if i'm r- wrong yeah, I believe it was Actually, midway yeah. through the the school season. Is that correct? Midway to the school year, right? I think early early this year. Yeah,
4: yeah I ahead. was in a school last year, and uh, what happened was uh, I was getting updates, lots of updates, and throughout the year there was like rotating strikes amongst the different boards. Right. And uh, you know, then obviously, while school was still happening, March break extended from uh, one week to six months.
2: <laughs> and, yeah. uh, Yes.
4: That's exactly what
0: happened. It's pretty funny because I actually drove by uh, the local elementary school by my house the other day and they actually have a sign in the front that says, Welcome back from March break.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Technically, it's it's not not a lie, right?
0: Yeah, it's not a lie. It's not. But uh, hey, we're very well acquainted with Usha and and Donnie. So you know what we're going to do? Before we even jump into this, uh, let's get a quick intro. Usha, can we start with you? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, and why you became a teacher? And then Donovan, same question for you.
3: Sure. Um so I've been teaching this is my 14th year I think so there I'm aging myself and really I wanted to be a teacher so my I lost my dad when I was 12 years old and it's just been me and my mom for a really long time and I think just all of the experiences I'd gone through with that loss school was really a safe haven for me and it's really where I like excelled and like felt safe and like did well and I wanted to take that and sort of pay it forward, and that was really my motivation for becoming a teacher. And I discovered uh, the earlier, so kindergarten, you know, a couple of years into my um, career, and just fell in love with it and fell in love with working with very young people and like watching them grow and blossom and you know become these like really great little people. And so I've just really pursued that passion for the last fourteen years
0: nice amazing amazing we're so sorry to hear about your father um thank you it, it's great to hear that you know you put that energy uh towards positivity right. and, and giving back and uh you know i can only imagine the grades that you got in school <laughs> and, and <laughs> <how> <laughs> you're, you know making use of <laughs> that now so nice. so yeah. kudos to you uh donovan same question for you uh why are you a teacher now and uh how did you get started
4: uh i think you know it's like just growing up like i had some decent teachers but mm. i didn't have some great teachers and uh the reason why, it's like they didn't know how to channel my energy. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. this kid likes to talk, mm-hmm. right? But teachers at that point in that age were not like, okay, how do we motivate him? You know, it's like it's either you get good grades or you don't get good grades. It's either you sit there, keep quiet, or you are the bad kid, mm-hmm. right? You are the troublesome kid. And uh, I didn't like that. And, and that's how it's like it was growing up. It's like Donovan talks too much. He distracts the class. No, I just know how to leave the class. That's my, <laughs> uh, you know, like, that was my thing. And, um, you know, so I always knew that I wanted to be there for, like, the next generation and, like, let them channel their strengths and teach them how to get to their, you know, to get to their destination. But, you know, I didn't really know where I wanted to end up in education. I knew that I liked teaching, but I really gave myself every avenue. I started working in spec ed. I started working in behavior classes. And then finally, like, I I started working in the alternative school system, which is really the, I could talk more about that after. But uh, I found my calling where it's like, I like the grade five, six. Mm.
1: Found the sweet spot.
4: Setting. Yeah, that's kind of like my sweet spot. And uh, I'm happy there right now. Nice. I'm really
1: happy. Nice. I mean, shout out to both of you guys. I mean, being being a teacher is obviously a very noble profession, and it's uh, it's a very fine line, fine line of what, saying it's a profession because I don't think being a teacher is a job necessarily per se. You can't really mm-hmm. go into it as just work and a paycheck. It's actually something that requires you to go above and beyond, I guess, uh, for, for for lack of better words. It's, it's just it's it's beyond just a a job, right? Because you are shaping. The future essentially yeah. you know yeah and, and it has to come from a place within the heart i feel and i think it's a kudos to you guys as teachers any teachers it's a it's a big uh i i don't i don't want to say the word sacrifice but it takes a lot to be, become a person who's a teacher day in day out go through and you know dealing with different it's not even just education right you're dealing with a lot of a lot of things right it's in, with within mm-hmm. children and people right yes um so like that being said let's let's get right into it like so with everything going on, how are you guys coping with the pandemic? And uh, like, has this emphasized any gaps that were already there? For example, like some schools, I know that even in the TDSB, for example, there was already schools that were overcrowded and already packed and now going into this setting of the pandemic and coronavirus where we need to be practicing social distancing and being, you know, further away from each other. how How is this affecting you guys in, in, in your environments right now?
3: I think, honestly, like when the pandemic first hit, like I don't think, I I didn't know what to do with it. Like, I think I naively thought, oh, like, we know we'd be closed for two weeks and then, like, we'll go back. Like, everything is fine. Um, It was such a sharp contrast. Like, just from from a teaching perspective of being online, and I had very young people, so you're talking about four- and five-year-olds, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like, how are they going to sort of navigate this, you know, being on the screen and teaching? And I think when, especially for a very young program it's a very play based program so what does that look like and i think you know i was really challenged and stretched as a teacher to figure that out like they don't teach you a course about teaching in a pandemic in teachers college like they don't take you aside and, and you know tell you how to do that right, right. Mm-hmm. so we we were all you figuring that, that out 101? no i mean i think <laughs> there was maybe something like <laughs> Like the secret course everyone was taking, but clearly I didn't take it. Wow. (laughs) Although now there's, you know, great like opening for teachers colleges. They might be putting that like teaching during a crisis. Right. But like there were so many factors, mental health, access to resources, like access to resources as a teacher. Like I didn't even have the tech, you know, to be able to do my job well. And then much less the children, right? Like there was something that was kind of lost about that magic of being in the classroom environment because you can't really simulate a play-based learning environment online, not in the same way. Like I think we're trying and I, I think teachers are amazing. They're discovering amazing ways to do that, but it's not the same.
1: Of course, because ev- everything right now is new, right? Like no, no yeah. one could have planned or prepared for any anything that's going on right now. Yeah, that's right.
3: Exactly,
0: Donovan, what about you? Uh, how How have you changed <laughs> and adapted since you've been uh, gone for, a, I believe you said a year to two years uh, on a sabbatical and uh, just yeah. returning I can imagine yeah. this is probably even more of a challenge, yeah. just getting you know getting your feet back <laughs> to being wet, and then realizing that this is the case, right? Got thrown into yeah, the fire.
4: Um, you know, but like the funny thing is, just before the pen, or just before I went on sabbatical, so this is like my the 2017-2018 year. I was actually doing something called blended learning, which is it's like a little mm. bit online and and uh, in classroom because I I was at a school where some t- where some children were going on vacations uh, with their parents for like a month or a, a couple weeks here a couple weeks there and mm-hmm. this was a way that they could participate in the classroom without being in the classroom right and i always said hey you could be home and you just don't want to come and spread your your little sniffles or coughs to the rest of the class and you might just need to be in a different environment for you to learn better but you're always welcome to join us digitally and i always had work online and i So I always kind of like was pretty a good whiz at the Google Classroom. So when I came back, I actually chose to work in the classroom because I was dying to come back. Uh. Right. Otherwise, I would have just stayed in New York and just taught virtually from, you know, from uh, from New York. But I chose to come in. And what I've noticed with my colleagues is that there are a lot of students uh, who have opted for virtual learning. Right. And the teachers are doing their best. They're doing amazing. They're really coming up with creative ways to engage students, even though it's not in person. But I have students coming in and I'll tell you, it's a big shock because, A, we all have to wear our masks. Mm-hmm. And I got to give a shout out to my students who are really doing well. They don't complain about the mask. They know it's just, yeah. They know it's what we have to do. They are wearing it every time they step foot in the building. They know that every time they have to uh, leave the building and take off their mask, we have to put sanitizer. They still have the social distance in the playground, but they know they could. They have the option to take off their mask, put the sanitizer back on before the mask goes on. Before you go into, like, I think I wash my hands like twenty-five different times a day. Wow! Right? I have no more feeling yeah. in my
2: hands. <laughs>
3: are your hands yeah. peeling? Because mine are. Uh, no, no, because I I put moisturizer. In my after.
0: <laughs> he's, he's a well-maintained teacher. Well-maintained. Bottles of delicious.
4: Funny enough funny enough I, I think the worst part about wearing the mask is smelling the
1: coffee breath of your own coffee breath Ooh, I think that is the it. return vent <laughs> Yeah yeah I don't know about that, that. Is, It's like yeah So the thing is Donovan, obviously with you like you I think um being able to have children who who are grade 5 and grade 5 and 6 as you said right is your is your Correct. sweet spot yep. so do you think that, that also probably helps, no, with having your kids wearing the masks? I mean, they're still children, but I mean I, I think they're since they're a little bit older, it probably does yep. help a lot, right? That they that they understand that, you know, they gotta wear the masks right now. Whereas I think Usha, you're you're, you're mainly uh, your children are kindergartens, no? They're
3: Yeah, they're four and five and then next door JK are three and four. But let me tell you, okay. so this is where the kindergarten advocate comes out. These these children are like ninjas when it comes to wearing the mask. Like <laughs> I can only imagine. They- <laughs> They put it on, like, you know, they sanitize as soon as they come in. They sanitize before we. they switch to... We were still able to maintain a play-based environment. But, like, my teaching partner and I literally walk around, like, spraying everything all the time. But, like, they have the protocol down, and then they're helping each other socially distant. Okay. So, and I'm just telling you, everything you need to know in life, you learn in kindergarten. Okay. And like the basics. Yeah, like, yeah. I think these children could teach a lot of adults things. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. No, for yeah. sure. That's that's actually
0: definitely interesting. We, we actually had a funny yeah. running joke here going on the after our show when, you know, the, the mask epidemic started with schools coming back. And we, we, had, we had a funny thing going on about kids and how if we were still kids, we'd probably have, like, these super cool masks with, like, comic book characters yes. and whatnot. And then, you know, these kids are going to end up fighting for masks like they fight for toys. That's or cool, a trade, right? trading it. Or, right? Trading it right? or trading it, right? And, like, spreading it.
3: We're like, please don't, don't share the masks.
4: <laughs> yeah with the younger kids too especially your younger kids it's like they don't know what a normal is right, right. I think yeah, well, true. I think, yeah. That's you know true. like like this is a new thing for them okay this is what school is uh I kind of feel bad for like the younger kids though who yeah. whose first experience in education is via a screen though yes that's, I I do feel bad for them
0: yeah no for sure I, I totally do as well and uh I actually had one of my uh, my aunts who sent me a video of her three little kids uh, and one of the, one them is oldest now to go to junior kindergarten and she's doing it virtually. And you see his two older toddlers like <laughs> messing with her. So it's, it's like it's cute and it's funny to watch, but it's like, hey, she's also trying to learn. Right. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's hard to see, but I, I guess it's a uh, it's a good learning curve for to get around now. Uh, Usha, I actually wanted to get back to you on a very good point you touched on uh, in terms of resources. Right. Uh, resources mm-hmm. as a teacher or resources as a student. Uh, can I ask, at least with, you know, with the organization you're with currently, what are the resources that they provided to you as a teacher and uh, what is something that you'd have to go out of your way to get access to?
3: Um, I think initially when the pandemic hit, none of us knew what had happened, right? Like we had gone for March break and so that was it. And, you know, we do have our laptops that our organization provides us. So we had that. But I think what was really challenging is, so, you know, when you think about um, like teaching reading, for example, right? Like. We didn't have any books. We didn't have anything to project. Like, how are we supposed to teach, you know, children how to read when we didn't have the resources to do so? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, re- it was really great that, like, you know, there were organizations who were opening up their like catalogs for free, right, and giving teachers access to those resources for free. So we got lucky, um, in, in in that sense. Um, now that we've been back, you know, one of the one of the biggest tools that's been really helping us is the document camera. So that we're able to hook up to our laptop and then you're able to project, you know, a book. Because we're teaching children both online and in class at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's nice to be able to sort of project so that everybody can see the material that they're doing. Um, I think what we really looked at is, you know, let's find a tool that works really well and invest some time in that. Rather than trying to get fancy with a whole bunch of tools that we may Mm -hmm. not need or we may not need, like, we may not be able to use. Um, but I think this is also the way of the future. Like, I think they're going to have to invest in things, you know, that project, that document, you know, now there's a little, um, like mirror document, like that sits on your laptop, like or iPad for students Mm -hmm. so they can put like their paper or something underneath and we can watch them while they're doing their writing or things like that. Right. Those Uh, are the things that we missed as teachers because we couldn't see, In kindergarten, so and and in any grade, really, it's about the learning process, right? It's not about arriving at the right answer. It's about how did you get there? So, yeah, they produce, like, written work, but we didn't see the process of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what are the technologies that we're going to get to support that? And, you know, I'm fortunate that I'm in an organization that has the funding for it. Mm -hmm. And in TDSB, like, you know, when I was a teacher, I was buying hand sanitizer myself. You're rationing the paper towels. So yes. depending on where you are in the TDSB, uh, resources are probably lacking just for teachers and for the students, right? Like, you have to have connectivity. You have to have a device. Like, there's students trying to do remote learning on a, on a phone. Like, that's wow. that's not great learning.
1: No, absolutely. And that's, that's crazy that you mentioned that uh, being a teacher in the TDSB, you had to buy your own supplies and stuff. Because that's actually, you're not the first person I'm hearing this. I have a couple other friends who are teachers as well, too, and a lot of what they do for the classroom. Their teachings involve them going to the store and purchasing things out of their own pocket. Um, yes. So that's that's this that's actually interesting that you pointed that out. That's not the first I'm hearing of this.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, it seems like uh, you, I mean, you're already in the gutter uh, having to work, work with us or in a tough situation. It's even tougher that you have to... Uh, put your own finances first but um, maybe the polar opposite here with donovan can you tell us a little bit about your experience i know you did say earlier that you know there's some creative ideas that in-person teachers are are coming up with now to keep uh, classes active and um and to keep yeah. people uh, you know students speaking how's that experience been for you
4: so for me it's like you know ex- you know it's all about where you are in like you know mm-hmm. what neighborhood you are and i i, got, I gotta say like. The schools that I've been to, like, they really do try their best to provide you. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you like, you can connect on Facebook, uh, where, like, there are some really big groups where you can join and get great resources, great free websites. So it's like, when I got in, I was always very fortunate enough to have colleagues that always shared things with me. Uh, but also, I, you know, uh, I was that t- that teacher story I, used to do, I always used to go to. Scholar's Choice, right? <laughs> I go in there, okay, I'm just going to spend 50 bucks, and then you end up spending like 150 bucks to get like some anchor <laughs> yeah. charts to put on your wall, and you know, and some like, some motivational posters. Uh, but I keep that stuff, and I'm like, you know, and I take it with me from school to school. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. pay for it does right? Uh, but luckily at the last two schools I was at, we had something called Parent Council, and the Parent Council was fabulous, and they provided us with some extra fundage to help enhance the learning of the students. But gotcha. that's because I was in those schools. And I know that's not the same for my other colleagues in other schools
2: mm-hmm. across
4: North America. Because uh, I know that it's, it's in Ontario, I think we have it very good, right, as teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But I think we've got to pay some sympathy to those teachers who are like in other cities in the states who really, truly struggle with resources and, uh, you know, classroom sizes there.
1: That's it. It's actually. Yeah. It's actually. Um. It's so. So. It sounds like both you guys seem to be at schools where, a lot of these things are for the most part in order, right? Like it looks like Donovan mm-hmm. at your school, you got um. You have the parent council. It seems very active. And then with you, Usha, you have. You're obviously in your, in your school. They have the funding and they have the ability to do this, right? But I mean, yes. I think it's a, it's not a it's not a it's not a unknown fact that there's a lot of schools that do struggle with resources, and I mean schools with a lot of you know marginalized communities where. Their parents aren't in the situations where they could, they are able to, you know, take part in, you know, parent councils and do these things. And even in some some instances, I'm, I'm assuming there's probably parents who can't even help their children with online learning because they themselves don't know what's what's going on or what's happening on the screen, right? So well, you,
4: you know, know it, one thing. Yeah, sorry. Ahead. No, no, you can go.
3: Oh no! <laughs> so I was just gonna say I was at a school um in a in a pretty transient neighborhood of you know a few years ago. When I first became permanent with the TDSB, I inherited a classroom that had, I think, four or five tables and, like, a easel stand that was missing the buckets at the bottom and 20 pencils. Mm. And it was for a reorganized kindergarten class. And I was supposed to somehow set up this classroom that had no materials in it. So wow. we literally had to, like, beg, borrow, you know. I didn't steal anything. Don't worry. <laughs> um and then whatever there was left you know um with the budget and like you know as donovan said like it's it's one of the reasons i started buying my own materials because i didn't know what was going to happen if i was moved schools or moved classrooms and so i partially funded you know that year with a lot of my own things so that the children could have resources mm. um and concrete materials right so like yeah. that's something you know, to keep in mind, and that was also parent council that did do funding. But, you know, their fundraiser would raise $75, right? Versus another parent council, in another neighborhood that could raise, um, you know, enough money to give laptops to, like, the junior grades or exactly. something. Exactly.
4: Yes,
1: yes. Yeah. That's
4: right. But I know it was, like, some of the model schools, you know, in uh, in some of, like, the city neighborhoods. or like the inner city schools, uh, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, like the inner city schools. They get a lot of funding to help bring technology into the uh, school, so that way, you know, every student has an equal opportunity to learn. But now, as I think, the fundraiser that you're starting is of what happens when these children go home. You know, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we think like Wi-Fi is everywhere, and I forget. And you know, like when you brought this up to me on Saturday, uh, I was kind of like, "Yeah, that's right." Like, because if you go everywhere, oh, free Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi. But then there's, I'm sure there's a huge population that's just Wi-Fi less,
2: that's and
4: right. it's like, and it's like those students, like, what do you do at home when now everything's becoming a little more blended? Everything, everything's becoming a little more digital. Uh, you know, it really made me think, and you know, and the, which is why I was really excited to take part in this discussion today.
0: Totally, because
4: uh, you know, even though we're trying to provide an equitable blanket within our school mm-hmm. walls. The, the true inequity happens when they leave yeah, school home. and they go home,
0: yeah. No, absolutely. And for those of you who are listening, um, the conversation that Donovan and I had had just this past weekend, Donovan and I are really good friends, by the way, but uh, we got into this and we were talking about uh, a meme that I saw, or not even a meme, it was a video, rather, on, uh, on Instagram of um a family a young family a mother actually and two of her children who were uh in a shopping cart with two laptops outside of a walmart looking to get public access to wi-fi uh Mm -hmm. simply to attend their online classes and it was an absolutely heartbreaking story um and because of that we wanted to have this conversation on the air with uh, a few teachers and get different perspectives so you know, speaking to various different communities um, in in Ontario, in Toronto, maybe. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, you know the the choice for the learning experience? Is it that you know if you don't have access to the resources, you're quote unquote forced to come in school uh, in person to learn, uh, or is it you know you have the option of of either or, regardless of what your situation is?
4: That's a tough one because like <laughs> uh, like I don't know what happens with other schools. Like for example. I know when uh, the pandemic did happen, you know, there was a need to pass on laptops and iPads to students that did not have it. Uh, Obviously Mm -hmm. they were property of the school, but then again, it's like, okay, that's great, but what happens if they're, and I'm just gonna put this as a, just like a, like, or just to help paint a picture, but what happens if their building doesn't have Wi-Fi? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, do, Mm -hmm. do neighboring units share units? Is there a, a Wi-Fi hub on every floor? I don't know. And, and and no one knows. So it was really good that they had the ability to, to get some technology in. But access to Wi-Fi, that's, that's where it gets tricky because you don't know.
1: I mean, in the, in the times we live in now, I think the internet and Wi-Fi, things like that should be considered maybe a basic uh, service.
3: Necessity, yeah.
1: Necessity, yes, exactly. So I, I mean, mean,
3: just... And, like, when I went to university some many years ago, um, I actually didn't have, I like, we didn't have internet at home. Like, we couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And so I had to do everything, you know, at school. And so I didn't actually have internet until I graduated with my teaching degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, you know, you know, to get through that kind of, like, education without having access to something as basic as internet, now that I think about it, I'm like... You know, it shouldn't be a story of like individual resilience, like, oh, look how you overcame that. Like that shouldn't be where the conversation settles. You know what I mean? This is is an inequity. And like what the pandemic has really exposed are the inequities we already knew that were there, which has been made worse by this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so there's a larger conversation to have. Yes. Um and at, at but at this point, yes, like while we advocate for policy changes around around, you know, affordable childcare and mm-hmm. Wi Fi and all that basic stuff, yep. what can we do to provide immediate access to students who are going home and you know, there's like three children trying to share one device? Like no, what is the sure. quality of learning, mm-hmm. right?
0: Absolutely. And I think you touched on a valid point there too. I mean, we've been talking about your perspectives as teachers and uh how we've seen it as, you know, outside looking in now that we're graduating, obviously we're not in elementary school anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but what I would like to ask you now, both Donovan and Osha, is what has the children been saying? How has their experience been? Has, has there been any complaints? Are, are your students hating life right now? Are they loving the fact that they can play PS4 and then hop in class? Or <laughs> what What's going on there? Maybe we can start with Usha.
3: Um. So a couple of stories. So when um, the pandemic first hit and we were remote for like forever... Um, we did sort of individual assessments with our students, so one-on-one kind of like mini conferences. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, what did you know? What do you remember most about this year? Like, what did you enjoy learning? And one of our kids was just like, you know, this learning at home, it's okay, but learning at school is better. It's different. There's people and there's things, and and I learn differently, and like I learn better when I'm at school, and so you know, the overwhelming, every sort of Zoom meeting we had, the kids were like, Michelle, like, are we going to school tomorrow? Like, are we going, like, we (laughs) can never (laughs) sell them on the idea of like, we were doing school. Like, we were still learning, Mm -hmm. but this idea of school for them, you know, was very different. And I think for our students who came back, they were just so overjoyed to be together again. And, you know, now that the novelty is wearing off, and they're like, wait a minute, my teacher wants me to read, like, what's going on? You know they're they're still that as well but like they're just so happy but one of the things i think that's been really challenging very young children are quite affectionate and you know they are like they they respond to sort of that physical affection not that we ever like go and touch the children but often they come and like, hug us, or, like you. you know i love you and like and like sometimes like they come to give us a hug and we're like oh remember air hug like you know one little girl came up to me to take my hand and like you know I had to talk to her about like social distancing and how <laughs> we can't do that this year and and heartbreaking I'm like this is awful
0: yeah yeah did, did you uh, always you know, get that the one off kid that's that calls you mom right like
3: oh like that's, that's like that's every day Like, mom I'm, like, no, honey. I'm, I'm your teacher not your mom but you know i think you know i taught a grade one class online this summer and the feedback at the end from the kids was like they just had such a great time they were so happy to have community like i think the children are adapting because they are forced to adapt right. um mm-hmm. and i think it's the adults you know the adults and the policy makers who need to figure this out because the children shouldn't be the ones we're looking at being like, yeah, they're resilient and they're great, but is that really the best we're going to offer them?
0: No, mm-hmm. no, no, that makes no sense. It. And I know you. Like I,
4: like I arrived at this school in September and I was a new teacher in a new school where everybody knew each other from a young grade, and uh, when they got to see each other in their classrooms, like, you saw some of them like almost jumping and doing cartwheel. like they were so excited to see
2: mm-hmm. their friends.
4: They were, like, you know, it's, uh, like, I'll remember that forever just because, like, mm-hmm. they were just over the moon. And uh, that's that part about in-class teaching. We all know that we're doing something, let's call it risky, right? Because, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you don't know what's out there and you don't know what your day will entail, especially with uh, COVID flying around. Yeah, and, like, they don't care. They're really happy to be in there. And you could tell that, like, not everyone was playing PS4 some people really had nothing to do
2: mm-hmm. uh, even
4: though there was like a virtual learning happening and you can mm-hmm. tell that a lot of them are very happy to be stimulated back again but from a teacher's perspective usually so just to give you a heads up I'm not a fan of two months vacation <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't like it I think it should be one month and that and those extra four weeks should be spread throughout the year mm-hmm. but to, mm-hmm. but because I always find when they come back from September, they've lost their routine. It's like a reset. Oh, yeah. Their, Hard reset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. you have to re-relate. Oh, it takes
2: yeah. <laughs> a good
4: month and change to strip away their, their summer routine. Yes. This is the mm-hmm. first time in, a, in, I think, what's called our major history that kids, mm. like, like, you have to strip six months
2: yeah. of, mm-hmm. like,
4: it's like fat. no structure. It's like, yeah. yeah.
1: Just built up.
4: And, yeah. And, like, you really have to make, like, your days. So structured, so disciplined because that's how they rebuild their structure again. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. and I think for young kids too, it's important to learn through like repetition, too, right? I I, like into both your points about these kids like coming and excited. I can only remember probably like junior kindergarten up until grade five, six, Donovan's, (laughs) you know, grades uh, of being (laughs) excited to come to school, Right. right? Like, you get up and you're like oh, I'm gonna go see the homies. We're gonna do this, we're gonna play that, we're gonna play basketball. Like, you're just excited in general to go see your friends, to learn something new in general. And then after that, I guess it's to each their own. You know, you either love school or you hate school. But uh, where both of you guys are, I think it's, I, I can totally relate to the fact that, you know, people are totally, or students are totally excited to get back and, and, and be in that routine.
1: Yes. And and touching on mm-hmm. Donovan's point, I do have a question for both of you guys. So, with what you said, you know the whole two months. Um, you know, you, you rather not have it that way. I think that that's something that a lot of people throw at teachers. Like, if you guys have any issues or like you complain about the system not doing this, this or that, people are like, oh, what do teachers have to complain about? They got two months vacation, this and that. They can come back and they're they're good to go, right? But so my question to you guys is, what misconceptions should the audience be aware of about teaching and the school system in general? And maybe we'll get Donovan's take first, and then follow by Osha. Yep.
3: <laughs> yeah. I know. I know
4: that's a
2: loaded question. I know. I know.
4: So I just think that uh, I think a lot of parents got a little bit of a taste of what a what a teacher has to do dealing with children during the daytime when they're not majority
2: sleeping, uh-huh. right? Uh, and
4: that was with one or two or three kids. And if you're if your family's a little large, you kind of get the gist of it. But, um, you know, we really do work hard because not only are we looking after the academic needs of, of children, we are looking after the emotional needs of children. Mm-hmm. We are looking at their day-to-day life. Like, they're alive and they're well. They're not sleeping for mm-hmm. a good chunk of the time when they're with us. And it's almost like having them. And like, and, like, we can't, like, go in the other room and, you know, try to distance ourselves. We are with them, in fact. We like mm-hmm. to be with them, of course, right? And yeah, yeah. I, I say come, come spend a week in our classroom. Facts. Come spend a week in our classroom mm-hmm. and be with us the entire time. And I think you'll get why we need we need that little bit of a reset. Even though I think two months is too much of a re- of yeah. a reset, <laughs> I think just come in mm-hmm. and see what we do and what Don't you have
2: to pursue. go through.
1: Yeah. yeah, Don't assume.
4: It's not. Listen. It's not bad. It's not like I come home pulling my hair. Oh the, yes, yes. You know,
1: yeah. <laughs> I should. I should uh, yeah, retract I that. I didn't to mean.
2: I didn't mean that in the, in the yeah. wor-
1: worst way. Because it, it just to touch on my point that I made. Prior to our conversation, in the sense of that this isn't this isn't a regular job. It's not for everyone, and you really need to mm-hmm. yeah. it needs to come from the heart. You know that's what that's what I was trying to yeah. get at. Like if if you threw me into a classroom, I probably would pull my hair, and I don't
0: have enough <laughs> to pull out. You know, <laughs> but yeah. The, 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 yeah, I can vouch <laughs> for. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs>
4: yeah. Like I love what I do. <laughs> exactly. But yes. same thing, obviously, I think you know, like, like growing up, you hear, oh yeah, well, you're two, you got two months off. I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't complain about any other. People's job because i don't want to do your job and mm-hmm. i'm not going to complain with, with, with whatever perks you get or i'm not gonna or i will empathize with you whatever complaints you have about it but For sure. you got to come into a classroom and be around 30 children be around <laughs> 20 children
1: <laughs>
2: yes and yep. yes don't
4: leave and you know what when they cross the roads or you take them somewhere Take 20 kids to the ROM.
2: Yep. Take 20 mm. kids
4: to the science center. Yep.
2: Don't lose mm.
4: any of them. And teach them behavior. Teach them manners. Teach them everything. Like, you know, yeah. it's not just a one-hatted job. You have to wear mm-hmm. multiple, multiple hats. And I'm sorry if I stole any of your thunder on this one. But I'm very passionate about teaching. And uh, yeah. I know that our
1: jobs are difficult. But, uh, Yeah. That's yeah, it. fair enough. Usha, what, what about yourself? What's your take on that?
3: I mean, I agree with like pretty much everything Donovan said, and I think we you know one thing definitely to remember is that our current schooling system was set up, you know, to in, in the industrial era, right? Like, yes. why the the reason that the model worked was, you know, you're preparing workers for some economy, right? For compliance and for this, that, and the other, and. Teaching and learning has really revolutionized over the over the decade, and you know when when we're setting policy about virtual learning and in class learning, the government is really looking at a model that happened in the fifties, right? Sit in rows, don't move, don't talk, and like you've stripped away the sort of all of the dynamic things of of a a program, right? Mm -hmm. And you know you're you know I'm following educators on Twitter and Instagram the way that they're trying to put back the the dynamic learning into the classroom, like, that's some kind of superhero power, right? Like, with very little time and very little training that a lot of educators are, you know, putting it back into. And I think, you know, when we first went into the pandemic, you know, a lot of our families were just, you know, they were mourning the loss of, like, being able to send their children to school, being watched by other people. Um, And, you know, now they were at home. And I think there was you know, there was a lot of stress there and a lot of, you know, communication had to happen. So this year, you know, we're really trying to communicate with families why we teach and learn in a play-based way and why that matters. Like, yes. sitting children in front of a screen for eight hours is not going to be the best thing for them or for us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I, as, you, as you think about it, I think the other part of this is that there needs to be a professional professionalization of education, um, the problem is that, you know, education and teaching isn't completely seen as a profession.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and when you think about the vitriol, I think that kids teachers way. It's, it's very it's very evident. And so, you know, education is used as a pawn when elections are coming up or when things are like in this pandemic. Tell them. But no Tell one is them. Actually, yes. but, right. But nobody's actually looking at. You know, credentializing. So you know, you have a four-year degree. You do a teaching degree on top of that, and then there are additional qualifications. I have 14 myself, and I'm a current master's student. And oh, wow. there's no economic incentive for me to do this. I'm not going to make more money. Yeah. I do this because I want to, you know, um, upskill myself and you know understand how to best meet you know my my students' learning needs because our students' needs are changing. Right? You're not getting these children who are just sitting and like politely listening to you all day. Like children are very dynamic people who come from very, you know, diverse backgrounds. And the summer, you know, I actually I think a year round schooling model is something that I would really would want to consider, right? But that Yay. involves a restructuring of <laughs> that involves a restructuring of economy. Right. That involves a restructuring of understanding how we do our jobs and what the purpose of education is. Absolutely, right? absolutely um but also that we do need teachers need to have built-in professional development like the two months off i have in the summer right it's either grad work or i'm upskilling, or you know and then like i sleep for a week so we, we can we use those times to maybe put in like professional development that's actually sponsored by the government paid nice, for nice. um and not you know just coming out of pocket Um, And then having that downtime because I, you know, like my doctor currently isn't seeing patients in clinic Mm. Or is seeing one patient at a time, you know, with locked doors That's right And we have, you know, 20, 30 children in a classroom And and you're
2: seeing
1: seeing all of them We're
3: we're with them, right? Like uh, constantly and and, and engaging them And, you know, like I have mask me Like, (laughs) you know, I can't breathe, my glasses are fogging up But like you still do your job with a lot of joy, so I think you know. There's, there's a restructuring that we have to consider. Right. There's a professionalization we have to consider. You know, there's, there's a huge policy shift that has to be made. Right. Um. You know, for all of this to take place.
1: That's crazy. It's it's absolutely amazing how like this. Oh man, through 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 everything you were talking about, there's so many points that I want to touch touch base on, but we're unfortunately running out of time. And both you guys <laughs> have given us like gems, and like I think we should definitely carry this conversation again at another time but absolutely before I let you both go Donovan and Usha I want to ask you guys one last question and I, I was hoping you guys can give us you know just your purest take on this question and whatever it means to you and that question is what makes an educator a good one and uh, maybe we'll start with Donovan and then Usha maybe end that off yeah. we-
4: can she go first?
1: Up to you guys. Whoever, who, you, yeah, Rock paper rock <laughs> paper scissors through the phone. Uh, wait,
3: uh, <laughs> what makes an educator a good one?
1: Yeah. What makes an educator a good one? And uh, just just give us whatever your take is on that. I just would be curious to see.
3: Empathy. Um, education and teaching is about relationship building. I think you can learn the strategies, you can learn the academics, but if you don't fundamentally care mm. about not just the students, but their family, then you have no business to be in education.
1: Mm. Hit them where it hurts. That's a, that's a great <laughs> answer. There it is. Donovan, what about yourself?
3: Below the belt. This <laughs> is why they call
1: it <laughs> You got to give it straight. You got to give it to straight. And, and, and for, for anyone who's listening, we we yeah. before before we started this re- recording, we came to the conclusion that Usha is actually a gangster teacher. <laughs> <laughs> that's a classification yeah. of teacher she is. She's a gangster teacher. <laughs> Don-
4: Donovan, uh, how about you, me, my friend? For me, like, my pedagogy is a little different and, like, my whole philosophy is a little different. But I really think, especially when you start teaching the older kids, like, 5, 6, and upgrade 5, 6 and up, not age 5, 6 and up, uh, I think I, I think what makes a great teacher a great teacher is life experience. What are you mm. really passing on to uh, the students? Mm. Like, you could pass, pass them on academic knowledge. Sure, okay, but now... Being global competent citizens. Because, like, mm-hmm. this world is shrinking by the day in terms of, like, hey, I, I can run a business. I could run a business and partner up with someone in Sri Lanka, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm.
4: And, uh, you know, I can connect through that. So, like, teaching them life skills, teaching mm-hmm. them, you know, proper character education. It's like, why is it really not good to be a liar? What happens to you if you are a liar, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, the molding. Like, oh. Imagine, yeah, imagine what loneliness is really like—is when no one believes you, like, 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 things like that. And just pass on your life experience to them. And you know, uh I think an experienced teacher and ex- someone who's an experienced in life makes a great teacher.
0: Wow, that's a yeah. great answer. Dope, man. But both of you guys
1: just destroyed us yeah. with uh, with these answers. And, <laughs> and and the great thing is that both of you guys had like different takes on it too, which was yeah.
0: amazing. And it's great. It's great to see. I mean, you know, you can't just have one type of teacher, yeah. right? I think it takes, yeah. uh, you know, a bunch of different teachers for you to really mold uh, a person uh, that comes mm-hmm. out of the entire system because we're going through elementary and we're going to high school and we're going to post-secondary if we're lucky enough, right? Like, So you're, mm-hmm. s- you're seeing a bunch of different teachers and a bunch of different educators and I think it's important to learn from all of them. Um, so, can I
4: just say one thing, sorry, to add on that? For yeah, sure, absolutely. please. Yeah, sorry. Here we are just talking about teachers as individuals, but it is absolutely gangster when great teachers get to team up together and build
2: a
3: school
4: together. Mm. So I just want to put that out there because, listen, you have some teachers that, uh, you know, and and I've met them before where you're like, why are you here? Get away from me. You're killing my energy. But when you have a lot of these positive energy teachers with a lot of great experiences coming together and sharing, and hey, us teachers we're not perfect. But when you have a team teacher and and co-teacher that we could fill each other's gaps in where it
1: is positivity yeah. across K to grade
3: eight. That's a gangster school right
1: there. Mm. Let's start our own school. <laughs> yeah. There it is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great idea. There it is. <coughs> hey, so. do- Donovan, Usha, thank you both. I'm like, It's been an honor speaking with both of you guys. I think that just based off today's conversation, we need to do this again. I don't 100%. think this should be the last because there's so many questions yeah. right now that even while you guys are talking, I-, I want to ask, and then even that I've written down on the slide that I want to ask. So, Let's just consider this part one. We're going to have to wake you guys up again another night. And <laughs> another, 9 again. Another, another 9 p.m.
3: conversation on a minutes. Friday night. Yes, <laughs> again, we I'm wanna totally think. down for that. <laughs> there it
0: is. We thank you so much for joining us both. Uh, I just want to give a huge shout out to both of you. First off, Donovan Fernandez. If you all don't know, he's a teacher, but he is also a professional MC. If you have any special Ooh. weddings, corporate events, anything coming up and you need a professional MC, I'm telling you, I work with this guy day in and day out, and he is the man. Give him a shout at I Am All Talk on Instagram and Usha. If y'all want to learn more about the education system and keep track of what's happening now uh, and read some actually very interesting blogs that she has up right now on our Linktree account, please follow her on Twitter. It's at Matt Studio underscore Usha. That's spelled U S H A. Once again, that's at Matt Studio underscore Usha on Twitter. Once again, we want to thank both of you uh, for joining us today, and uh, we'll catch y'all soon. Yeah,
2: thank Thanks you. for having
4: us.
0: Uh, and with that. We're gonna wrap this up. The after hour show right here on East FM. Brought to you by the boys at 3D Sound Crew. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for coming in. Thank you for tuning in, and we are out. Peace. If I hit it one time, I'm a piper. If I hit it two times, then I like a. If f three times, I'm a wife, uh. It ain't safe for the- Say.